This feature, Sport in Focus, is funded by Commission Naman with a television licence fee. Now, as you well know, over the past number of weeks, we've uh, handed over the final hour uh, of some of our shows to some specialist topics, including the arts in Clare and uh, more besides. But now our focus uh, today is going to be on minority sports. And uh, joining me as part of our panel in studio is uh, Pat Sexton. Pat is Community Sports Development Officer with the Clare Sports Partnership. Pat, thanks very much for coming in. Thanks for having me, Ellen. Uh, we're also joined by uh, Deirdre Shannon Dromey, who's uh, had heavy involvement uh, in girls' soccer within Clare over uh, many years. Deirdre, good morning to you. Good morning, Alan. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much for being with us. And uh, we found a fellow out in the corridor and asked him if he wanted to come in as well. That's our sports editor, Derek Lynch. Derek, how are you? It's a grand of passing on. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> look, uh, lots to get through. But um, look, we get the ball rolling with yourselves and kind of uh, your involvement with, with minority sports in the county. Pat, um, firstly to yourself, tell us a little bit about, you know, your role as community sports development officer with Clare Sports Partnership, how long you've been in it and what it involves. Um, yeah, so I've um, been working full-time with Sports Partnership since uh, March 2019. Um, our role is to increase and uh, sustain physical activity uh, and sport in County Clare. So we either do that through direct programming or we link in with our partners and stuff like that to run initiatives to um, basically to get people uh, on, on, on the ladder of their physical activity uh, journey, basically, yeah. Okay, and, and I mean that runs the gamut of all, I presume, all sports, regardless of minority or otherwise? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, we would have target um, groups to, to work with, be it women in sport, minor, minority sports, uh, new communities, uh, men over a certain age, you know, and um, so, you know, we work to target and, you know, we um, are... Our, our staff has has grown over the last couple of years so we have more of a, an outreach um you know we can we can reach more people and again i suppose during covid it taught us you know we can we can do the same things in a different way so like you know uh, virtual programs we can we can link in with people that live near Lupet or over in Killaloo without meeting them face to face. So it's just the the challenge of making them uh, feed into you know kind of a community feel uh, program and stuff like that. So yeah, we're we're uh, I'd say we're 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 doing well. We're doing well. We can always do better, but um, the more staff we have, the more uh, impact we can have within the county. Okay, and yeah, that's that, that's understandable. And I mean, look, when you know, when people think of of sport, it's supposed to be in Clare. Look, any county, the, the usual ones, the, the the big four come to mind. You know, hurling, Gaelic football, soccer, rugby. Um, but give us a sense of some of the more off the beaten track kind of sports you're involved with. Yeah, so um, Derek is right beside me here, and we've known each other, I suppose, for nearly thirty years. But like, commiserations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I let him answer that. <laughs> um, like when we were growing up in West Clare, we were we were lucky to play with Kim Murray. Like you know, Gaelic yeah. football was number one for us. The, uh, the opportunities weren't as big as they are now. If we and we're still settled in the parish, you know, we we don't have to go too far now to play basketball uh, in Kilrush, rugby in Kilrush. Um, you know, there's cycling. There, you know, we don't have to go too far for swimming there's massive opportunities there now that we can you can really tap into um, you know everybody will fight their own corner um, you know you have the big three the soccer and the rugby and the GA but like there's so much for 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 the, the new people coming into be it you know people that might have you know during COVID have moved back to the country and don't live in the urban areas anymore you know there is there's so many, so much opportunities there that we do link in with new clubs, and like there has been a good few clubs that have um, even been created in the last couple of years. We did an expo there during the summer, and we got the likes of you know your, your sub aqua groups and stuff like that to open the doors. 
to, to people to come and try it as opposed to having to lay out for membership before you'd have to uh, you know to cover insurance and stuff like that yeah. that was that was brilliant and the feedback has been unbelievable and it gives them the chance to to let the people you know that are walking the streets come and see what we do and how we do it and um yeah it's amazing like okay let's bring Deirdre in at this point Deirdre can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you became involved with uh, girls soccer within the county Sure can. Um, well, it started in 2012 with um, local club Park United. Uh, Flan Brennan approached me. Uh, they were very short of coaches for girls squads. And at that time, Park United had only established themselves in 2009. So the girls were probably, there was 60% girls in that club to 40% boys. So as the teams got bigger, stronger, they needed more coaches. So Flan approached me. I did play soccer community games with, with for Flembrin in there over the years in my my, my heyday. Um, so I was delighted to get involved. Um, then we I moved clubs. I moved to Hermitage FC where we have uh, underage girls only. We don't have boys. So we have girls under 10, 12, 13, 14 this year for, for the upcoming season. Um, I'm also chairperson of the Clare School Boys and Girls Soccer League. And that, that was the first for Clare to have a female chairperson as, you know, majority is boys football in Clare. We'd be at 70-30%. But when Ireland qualified for the World Cup, it really seemed to up the girls' game. So we have 10 in- interleague squads now in Clare between development games and uh, competitive interleague games. Here's a bit of a noise there in the background. Um, uh, so, you know, the girl- girls' soccer is just, it- it's, it's, it's going exceptionally well in Clare at the moment and my role as chairperson seems to have brought the girls game along a little bit further again we've no facilities of our own in Clare so that's a, that, that's a big issue for us you know we're trying to hire pitches every week and it, you know it's it, if we had our own facility it would make things an awful lot easier You would hope that that would come in in due course given the the growth in, in the interest in the game. And I was going to ask you whether you'd noticed a, a big step up in the number of girls being involved in soccer in Clare on the back of last summer's World Cup. I mean, it, it, speaking more broadly uh, and from the outside looking in, it seems as if the, intre- as if the interest uh, in women's and girls' soccer has been even growing leading up to last summer's World Cup. You look at the European Championships in England before that or even the coverage given to the WSL over in England that there's a, a bit of, and the Champions League in, in women's soccer it just seems to be maybe small steps but you know they're playing in the stadiums that the men's teams play in they're playing in front of big five figure crowds uh, have you noticed that growth even prior to the World Cup? Definitely prior to the World Cup um, with a, there's a, a group of, of ladies in Ennis called uh, the Soccer Sisters now they travel maybe once a month to the UK to watch a women's game. Now, five years ago, that would never have been heard of. There'd be nobody getting on a plane to go to the UK to watch women's soccer. But now, as the game is developing, there, there's more and more and more interest. So, as you say, like in 2022, the CSSL Clare School Boys and Girls Soccer League had 750 girls registered. In 2023, we had 1,350 girls registered. So that was a massive jump. We've gone from having age groups of under 10, 12, 14 and 16 to now under 8, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 and 16. So it's it's a massive, massive increase in our numbers and in our games. 
Okay, absolutely brilliant to hear. And you know, just to come back to to, to yourself, Pat, we were mentioning minority sports. I mean, I suppose uh, uh, still at this point, even though it's growing, um, women's and girls' sports, be it camogie, uh, ladies' football, soccer, would still be very much classed, unfortunately, as minority sports. But you can see there's room for, for massive growth there maybe in soccer but maybe in some of the other ones as well Yeah, uh, 100% um, I'm, you're lucky, I'm, I'm the women in sport lead within sports partnership too so um, I, I see that at first hand um, but as Deirdre was saying there like there is massive growth there and like one of the programs we run is a leadership course for uh, female sports coaches so we developed it on the back of COVID because we couldn't do direct um, programming so we tailored it and we worked with um, Nolik O'Sullivan sports psychologist and Andy Burke who's in leadership and it's just to give the coaches um, the skills that they probably already possess but they don't have the confidence to um, to highlight it um, and how it started was one of the girls I know I asked her you know hypothetically why wouldn't you be ladies county manager and it was just not that she couldn't do it she wouldn't have the confidence to do it but again in in any walk of life it only takes one person to lead and everyone to follow so like this is our fifth year on it uh, this year and we've had nearly 100 uh, female sports coaches from every class of sport within the county taking part um, just to give them the, the tools and techniques that they can um, that they can fall back on you know like their, their coaching is, is probably um, is probably up to standard and stuff but it's just the soft supports like you know that God you know you're, you're over 20 or 30 girls or whatever like you know even your stress management and you know how you deal with people and how you speak to people is very important so um, and then there is um another thing come down the line her moves program so again it's targeting inactive teenage girls so again you're you're using um the you know the stick and the carrot kind of analogy so like we we we're sport you know and physical activity that's what we want to get them into but like we can tailor programs that they, you know they might like the arts or music or social media training and stuff like that to go hand in hand with a physical activity program but again it's the girls leading it, they tell us what they would like and we'll we'll build it around it. So again, the opportunities are there, but you know, they're they're the stakeholders at the end of the day, they need to tell us what um what they'd like and to try. Again, it's it's one of the barriers is financial. So again, removing that and saying, Look, blank canvas, what can we do to help you? It, it's it's well known, you know, how important to look after physical and mental health and they're so interlinked. So again, it's just about creating that opportunity for them to for them to grow and, and appreciate their own physical physical health. Okay, uh, message in here, and it's addressed to you, Pat, on 086 Says, great to hear Pat Sexton on the show this morning. Pat has been a phenomenal addition to sports in West Clare. He has such enthusiasm and energy. Huge thanks to Pat and all involved uh, in advancing sport in Clare. That's for me. Is he your brother by any chance or your dad? <laughs> I typed Derek Rodden. <laughs> <laughs> he had his phone out there. He was <laughs> typing away. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, uh, the, nice to get the compliments, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, but look at um, I, I'm working with the people on the ground, and, and like they're the leaders. I'm only one person. If they don't buy into the vision that we have, that everybody's physical health and you know sport and activity uh, is for everybody, you know, you know what can one person do? But again, there's amazing volunteers. Like you, you look at the, the Irish um, Sport Ireland uh, strategy. Like you know, and if you go down through it, the amount of volunteers, you know, the average was was a three and a half hours every week, and what 
what the cost of that is to the you know to the economy and you know it's keeping so many kids and adults involved in sport and like and I know we're talking about minority sport but like you know we're, we're working with um, with a group of men down in uh, Shannon at the moment for walking soccer so like you know people that played years and years ago you know still living their dream let's say but like at a slower pace so again you know there is so much there that we would love to help out with but we need we need leaders on the ground as well of course and we were really lucky anywhere we've gone uh, within the county to ask for help you know no one has said no Okay, uh, I was just thinking of soccer tonight, but walking soccer would suit me better at my advanced uh, age, that's for sure. Um, Derek, let's bring you in. And um, the overall picture for minority sports in Clare, you know, as a, as a sports editor, what, what do you uh, notice about minority sports in Clare? Has there been a growth in any of us, was particularly with girls and women's soccer? And, uh, you know, how do you, and, and, uh, how, how do you go about ensuring they get the required amount of coverage, uh, I suppose, commensurate to the level of interest uh, w- in that sport in the county. Yeah, it's always a very difficult balancing task because, you know, at the end of the day, the Gaelic Games in the county are probably the, the biggest thing. Yeah. And it's it's the farthest reaching. There's a, there's a presence in every parish. That's, you know, that's, that's the way you'd look at it. So that means that there's an interest in every parish. But, you know, I suppose, look at our demographic in this county and in this country is is changing. And with that, maybe interests in, in those other sports are changing as well. And it was it's been a bit of an eye-opener. I've been working on this um, on this Sport and Focus series there the last couple of weeks and will be for the next couple of weeks again. Like, and It's been a real eye-opener as to the, the work that's going on. We often associate it with our, with our Gaelic Games and so on, but that same work is going on and even more so in the other sports. So, for mm. example, uh, delighted there to have a chat with the lads tied up in the Clare Cricket Club a couple of weeks ago. That episode will be going to air in the next week or two. And like what they've done to develop their own facilities down in Ballycasey, for example, they're one of, I think they're only one of two counties in, in Munster that have their own place to call home. So they can now host their own matches. Prior to that, they had to travel everywhere, which was a massive cost, a massive time and drain. And that really, that's the proof of the love people have yeah. for a sport, and particularly those who are involved in minority sport, when they know they're up against it, but their passion for the sport supersedes just sitting back and doing nothing. They want to try and advance it in whatever way possible. And all of that within their own community. They would yeah. have very little external support. I know the likes of the Sports Partnership have done savage work to help them, but like from a wider community perspective, it's it's who comes to get involved with you, whereas you know in, in Gaelic Games, maybe people are more drawn to it. So I was just absolutely amazed at that story. Then uh, spoke to the crew from the Ennis Lawn and Tennis Club as well, and like they're there since the 1800s, you know? So it's, it's a, it's a yeah. different kind of of aspect, you know, they've had their facilities, but again, it would be a sport that maybe perhaps would have been at a certain uh, socio-economic kind of target group for many years or would have that sort of, uh, stigma is the wrong word, but would have that kind of tag attached to it that it's for a certain type of person and yeah. you know, it's about breaking down those barriers as much Social as Social barriers as well. I suppose, yeah, yeah, same look at the same with golf, you know it, it, people can see that as the expensive sport and things, but there's great work going on like as Pat was saying, we, we only live a stone's throw from the Spanish Point Golf Club and some of the work that's gone on there to kind of A, break down them barriers, but B to become that kind of community-led and like uh, I'm going to be talking to them in the next couple of weeks really looking forward they've developed a new uh, indoor trackman facility a virtual golf essentially for, for training their youth members that's going to have long-standing effects so there's so much work going on outside of what we call the norm mm. uh, to, to bring things to the next level and and the more to what the urge was saying there in terms of numbers growing like 
incredible to see the growth in Camogie this year in particular in, in, in the membership here in the county. Ladies football is on the crest of a wave at a minute as well so there's so much going on and it, it's just fantastic to see it and the only thing I would say is that from a media point of view your space is limited right I mean from we'll just say from a print media perspective there's only so many pages in the paper on radio there's only so many minutes in the day you know so yeah. it is a constant battle to try and find that space and you're right it is commensurate to the interest that's in it it's almost on a pro rata basis but you are doing your level best, though, to uh, to be fair to you, you, you uh, to you, try well, and we give do, we do, we do everyone tr- the... We, we yeah. do try, but the only thing I would say is to, 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 to people maybe involved in, in the, those minority sports is that I suppose your engagement with the media is crucial because what I mean by that is that sometimes media won't have the time to go looking for stuff. It has to be given to be to proactive. You, you yeah. need somebody in a PR perspective. And then when you engage with media, you develop those relationships and then the onus comes on the media to, 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 to I suppose, relay the information that you've given. So it's, it's a two-way street. Yes, media should be doing more so should clubs just and everybody else the more people do the more you can get done that's that's kind of the message I, you'd put out there No that's a fair point and for, for those involved in minority sports who wonder why they're not getting enough coverage it's good to, to highlight we're continuing our minority sports panel discussion I have with me Pat Sexton Community Sports Development Officer with Clare Sports Partnership uh, Deirdre Shannon Dromey who's uh, hugely involved with girls soccer in the county and our own sports editor uh, Derek Lynch and Deirdre um, if I can just kick off the second part of our discussion on uh, a point that's often made uh, about uh, females and girls and sport and at a certain age boys majority wise tend to continue with their chosen sport or sports and you know follow them through to whatever conclusion that might have in their own individual story but for girls the numbers aren't as big they tend to move off into other things um, do you notice that or have you noticed uh, earlier on we were talking about the growth and interest in girls soccer growing are you noticing more and more girls getting past that crucial point and, and, and sticking with a, a sport and are you hearing about that with girls in other sports in the county well within the last two years there hasn't been as much of a drop off but the, the drop off age would usually be 15 Um they're in second or third year in school. They could be starting exams, doing the junior cert, and then the sport goes. But this year, again, for the second year, the Clare District League have a, a ladies' league. Now, that's something very new. This is It's only on its second year. But there's last year we had five clubs involved in it. This year we have six. So it's developing. It is Kids are starting to come back. We had a lot of kids that dropped off at 15, 16, and now they're back playing senior ladies with us. So I think with, with the likes of the World Cup and the European Championships, I think it brought the girls' game alive again. So in the last two years, we, our numbers have been steadily kept for that age group, whereas prior to that, you'd see an awful drop-off. There'd be, in, in Clare, there was nothing anyway for, for kids over the age of 16. There was no league for girls under 17, girls under 18, girls under 19. Whereas this year now there is, there's a Clare under 19 squad so that you've got Clare under 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 and 19 and ladies squad. So that's a massive, massive improvement for Clare. And what what does it take then to to keep growing the numbers who are interested uh, in, in, con, in continuing with the sport? Is it you know majorly down to what they see in their TV screens and as we said the European Championships and the, the last year's World Cup in Australia, New Zealand, and seeing the Irish team 
you know, they played Northern Ireland in the Nations League qualifier in front of around 35, 6,000 people at Lansdowne Road and seeing all of that happening or is it just noticing the structures within girls sports in the county are of a better standard? Well, certainly the structures are of a higher standard in the last two or three years than they were in previous years. But to keep girls involved, like every time there's an Irish home game in Letterbitala or the Aviva, we bring five or six busloads of girls up to those games. Keep them interested and say, this could be the next stop for you. So it, it's it's all about keeping them well, you see, they're involved in so many different sports. You know, we, we could have an interleague game fixed here for Sunday. Then the GA will come back and say, no, we're having our football match on Sunday. So the kids have to choose then. And a lot of a lot of sports like to train two or three nights a week. That will give the soccer one night a week. We said bigger sports, the camogie and the Gaelic football. Um, they st- they're still taking priority over soccer. If if a, an inter-county player has to decide whether to play Gaelic football for Clare today, or soccer for Clare today, 99% of them will go with, with, with the football. So we're, we have to try, we, we have to work exceptionally hard to keep, keep girls involved in the game. And just, just come to you on that, Derek. I mean, re- regardless of gender, that issue of uh, people participating in a number of sports and there's only so much room in a calendar and they have to make those tough choices and quite often I suppose the GAA will will win out if they're playing hurling or, or football or whatever it might be. How do you square that circle? Is there any sort of um, solution to that? It's, it's really difficult to, and the sad part of it is that it's the player ultimately that you know is at the centre of it that might lose out because you know if, if, they, if they choose one over the other well then someone could take the hump and suddenly you're told well you picked them last week you may sit in the bench this week. Yeah. And or they know, might feel like they're letting someone yeah, down they're it's, letting it's, their team down. Because ultimately you're playing with your friends, you're playing with your 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 own circle, and as you say, exactly, yeah, that thing of well, I don't want to let, I don't want to let Mary down, but yeah. you know, Jenny is on the field on the other side, so it's it's really really difficult. But I think you hit the nail on the head, like, and it, and it comes back to the whole calendar discussion within sports. Those fifty two weeks in the year that doesn't change. Mm. So so what do you do? C- can one move to midweek to to relieve it a little bit? Now you're talking about, uh, you know. Four, five, six months of the year where lights are an issue. If you're doing that, but after also as Deirdre said, one of the other teams you're playing with could be training two or three times a week, yeah. which is eating up a lot of midweek. Yeah, as it's, well. re- it's really, really hard. But that might start to change now because I think Deirdre hit an, a, a really good point there in terms of the pathway for players. Because if you're a 14 or 15 year old and you're you're forced to make that decision and you're looking at your two sports, we'll say f- six, seven, eight years ago, right? And you're saying, well, okay, if I continue playing soccer, I max out at 16 because there's nothing else for me. If I'm playing ladies football, I have a county team. I can move on to yeah. there's a progression so it, it kind of it makes the decision for you whereas now like the likes of the Laurie Rhines and the Chloe Maloney's Ashlyn Meany's they're now showing a way forward that yes there's something you can do here but on that ironically I mean we had a situation uh, with Laurie Ryan um, having to choose between an, uh, captaining Athlone in an FAI Cup final or playing for the banner in a ladies football game so that in a ladies it's football Sophie's Munster final choice right there isn't final, it? Like, and that's at the very very top end of it so it, that, that issue is there from both grassroots to the elite level so it, it's really hard because you're pulling from the same pool you only have the X amount of time to do it and um, it, it's really really hard and I don't think there's an easy fix to it to be honest. No, I uh, don't th- and it'd be tough for any of us to come up with um, uh, solutions to that. Just come back to you Pat, you're proven to be uh, quite the popular guest. I have a message here saying big shout out to Pat Sexton, we are C25K Heroes Group in Shannon meeting Monday and Wednesday at St. Patrick's Comprehensive School at 6.20, a group that came out of the C25K group started by Pat. Thanks again, that's from Jerry McMahon from Shannon who says up the banner. 
He always does. Come on, Jerry. I suppose, look, just to come back to you on other sports, we have a listener uh, in West Clare, uh, John, saying no mention of athletics. John, no mention of athletics yet, because this is the second part of our discussion on minority sports. And I know it's certainly something we try to give coverage to, particularly most recently, uh, the lads who were over at the Euro Cross Country Championships, uh, Niall Murphy, uh, the track athlete from Ennis, bringing home a gold medal as part of the under-20 team. Um, Maybe talk a little bit about um, the sports partnerships involvement with athletics and and other track and field kind of sports Pat. Yeah so again like we're really participation based so like you know um, as as Jerry said there you know once people go past their you know their certain age like they might their mainstream sports mightn't be there but um, you know running is massive we've seen it uh, running is is the foundation of all the field sports you you could say so like you know it's it's number one as opposed to making it feel like a a minority Um, even we've seen it at a high level a couple of years ago when Tipperary won the All-Ireland final they actually had an athletics coach and that's elite level so again if it's if it's good enough for the elite it should be uh, coming down along and I know the, the argument there about um, kids and teenagers dropping out of sport and everything and having four um, sports on in the one week for training and it is a headache for, for parents no doubt about There's it no real, Is there any way of getting around it Pat? I, 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 I don't know like so many sports um, so many young people who play a number of sports there's only seven days in a week Yeah what do you do? But, uh, look at it again, it's just our opinion, uh, or my opinion really, like communication is a big thing and y- you could see it from going back 10 years ago when the likes of Podge Collins was a dual player, like you know that if they had running, that, you know, the two respective managers spoke and said, look at he did running with Hurling and choose now he doesn't do yeah. it in the football. It's the very same thing. Like You it, feel there's not enough of that going on each code or each sport in the county is kind of like just yeah, funnel vision. Again, again like yeah. you know, you're talking and I can take a step back because I'm not involved in team sports like you know, but um, um, at, at the moment but it, it's about development you know underage is about development if you win it helps but it's definitely you know we all want the next you know um, European Championship National Championship be it in All-Ireland or a Munster Championship in Hurling and Camogie but again it's about development and again I totally understand uh, the coaches they they only have the kids at a certain time but if you take us when we were younger and we only played football and and the research is there that one in, one in five girls will drop out between primary and secondary school and one in 20 boys in the same age category you know if we dropped Some out yeah. if we dropped out of football what's the alternative now i know burnout is an issue and again that comes into the communication piece but like if you're hurling or football or rugby or your athletics five nights a week you're using the same muscle groups your same skills that's where injuries come in hmm. whereas if you were a Monday, Wednesday, Friday and you're on the field and then Tuesday and Thursday you're involved in a swimming club in Lynch or Shannon, there are different muscle groups, you're getting your recovery um, you know, there's like uh, just when we were talking about the, the Ennis um, Tennis Club, we did a programme with them there, I'd say 2022 or 21 and it was to get women into uh, tennis so again outside of the stigma we reduced the cost when we funded it and uh, I couldn't speak highly enough of them the captains and they all came down and they made uh, the new ladies so welcome and what we seen out of that was a lot of the girls that took it up obviously weren't members but they play they play camogie in their youth so you have transferable skills there straight away and like it's probably one of the best case studies I've ever done the membership that was taken out of that group of 24 girls was in the high 80 percentage 
you know so they went on and they became members of the club so again a lot of them were uh, parents of young kids going uh, left right and centre for you know Monday night to five or, or you know uh, but like it was their time that they uh, valued um, sport and physical activity and that's what we see like you know if a parent is more physically active their kids are are likely to be the very same like you know so again placing a value on it help them develop them and, and give them the resource they need it is totally tough uh, bringing them left, right, and centre. But again, you're giving them a great foundation. And uh, and it was brought up there. Deirdre, I think, brought it up about when when kids and teenagers start doing you know state exams and stuff. It's so important that they have a hobby or something to break it up. You know, when we were younger, like you know, it let was, off a bit of that. Absolutely, like you know, you did your studies. You, you did your study. Yeah, Derek did more than I did now. But uh, you know, it was that 15 <laughs> minutes kicking the ball off the wall or poking the ball off the wall. You know, mm. and then you're going back into it fresh and and you know, you were totally switched off from your study. It's it's so important. And it's probably not highlighted enough that you know everybody needs a way of blowing off steam and you know getting that energy out in a positive light. You want to come in on that? Yeah, no, just going back to the athletics, um, and I would say to our, our listener there that uh, this is the county of, of Seamus Power. This is the county of Willie Keane. And yeah. uh, remember them two names because they will feature as part of this series as well. So there'll be plenty uh, highlighted on it. But it, again, it, it, there's savage work being done in that particular code uh, in this county. Um, you know, James Sexton, McClamory, Brick and North Clare, Dermot Galvin, back West Clare, Innes Traction are, are hoovering up titles left, right, and centre. And, and out in East Clare, then the, the lads in Killaloo are doing phenomenal work as well. But Again, and I would have heard a lot of parents tell us this because I'm lucky enough to be involved um, in both Kilmurray and Clonbunny with, with underage, under six and sevens, and like there's so many of those young lads. Uh, doing athletics as well with, with James and the crew on a Sunday morning and I know Joe Gary's place in Clonredden is a, a home for them as well with a lot of the, the stuff that they're doing and like they're saying that they, they're, they're young that just wants to go out and, and have a bit of crack go out and run it, it's the, it's it's might seem like the simplest thing in the world but that's just what they want to do and you know what sometimes maybe coaches have to sit back and say I don't need to be reinventing the wheel here do I need to be putting out 347 cones for an under 10 training <laughs> session? I don't like. Yeah. I, like what I said, a, a coach, a very highly rated coach, said to me one time that the most enjoyable thing for a child in the first 10 minutes of their training session is when they're turning around with their friends before they're called in to stand in a line and run out to the yeah. first cone. The more free form, you know. avant garde element of, of a training session. I, th- I think yeah. that's massive. And I think that fosters the love of it. And I think that then, when it becomes competitive at, a, at, a, at an older age, then you you have that foundation of the love of the game and then you're more likely to stick with it. I think coaches have a huge part to play in that as well. Okay, uh, time is a bit against us, but Deirdre, I just want to maybe uh, finish by hearing from yourself on uh, what what is needed to grow girls' soccer uh, uh, and women's soccer in the county even further. Is it more resources, more funding? I mean, it's good, as you say, that interest, certainly amongst girls, is growing in the sport. But what's needed to, to, to you know get it to, to the next level? Well, certainly in Clare, what we need is a, a facility to call our, our home. We, we don't have a facility. We we don't have the resources. We, we don't have, you know, there is a, a pitch down there in Frank Healy Park. That's Clare District League. It's not the home of Clare Soccer. It's the home of Clare District League Soccer, not school boys and girls. I think if we had our own facility, that we might be able to reduce the cost a lot because it it's not a very cheap sport to play soccer, you know, there is money involved, there's money involved in the programmes. If we had our own facility, we we wouldn't have to charge as much for the programmes. But that's that's really and truly all that's needed in Clare is some place for us to call home. 
and that will develop the game 100% it will develop the game Okay, well, good to hear that uh, there are inroads being made there. And maybe just to finish with yourself, Derek, uh, in terms of minority sports in the county, would you like to see some or all of them receiving more funding? Certainly, as you've said, in terms of coverage, it, it's you try to be as fair as possible and each code needs to be proactive in getting their name and their, their sport out there. But would you like to see more funding come from the government? Of course it would, yeah. Um, if every code could have a JP, wouldn't life be a lot easier? Oh. <laughs> if every element of Irish life had someone who's just dishing out money well, like uh, that would be great. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And I suppose that's where a lot of them would find a, a good deal of trouble because, as we say, like you're you're within, more often than not, a, a, a close radius of a GA club who are pulling from their own community for their fundraising and, you know, suddenly you're tapping them up for something that they may not have that interest in. So, yes, um, probably more central government funds required um, the, the support they get from the sports partnership because I've heard it from a number of the groups that we've interviewed already so far as part of this series is phenomenal uh, so a bit more backing for them as well wouldn't go astray um, and uh, I, I know John Sweeney won't mind me saying that either that you know get get a bit more into those structures because they're within like what do, I, he's been a small bit modest here Pat on the work that he's doing but like during COVID developed a, a podcast series of getting people rather than a coach to 5k it was a, a kind of a twist on that it was a, a 3k program then it developed onto a 5k program I completed one not the other although I'll have to get back to it I think for a finish but you know it, it's it's things like that it, it's those little bits of innovation I think that will help uh, going forward but uh, certainly the likes of Pat and the Sports Partnership have a huge role to play in that Okay brilliant stuff uh, just last word to you Pat Yeah um, so just on the minority sports like you know we're lucky we're we're we have a database of about 166 clubs within Clare to interact with us. So like we can help them with soft supports of you know uh, coaching, um, your first aid, your guard fit, and all that kind of stuff. And we have grant schemes coming up uh, every. I think twice a year and something like that so again it's to get them, them volunteers away from well not away from it but like certainly help them that they don't have to go off fundraising and stuff like that yeah. so again interact with us uh, any way we can help we surely will and um, you know it's the volunteers on the ground that are doing the real work and they should be really highlighted Okay, we do have to leave it there, but really, really interesting chat over the last uh, near 40 minutes or so. My thanks to uh, Pat Sexton, a Community Sports Development Officer with Clare Sports Partnership, and also to Deirdre Shannon Dromey, who's uh, usually involved with girls' soccer in the county and our own uh, sports editor, uh, Derek Lynch.